for some super slams and beatdowns. We've got the cheap shots and the clean finishes. Watch out for the chair. Oh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> this is Top of the Road. Now, here's the enforcer. Baltimore's own, Kyo Kuda Jr. Hey, this is a national treasure. And the real world's heavyweight wrestling champion, Nick Aldis. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Topics. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back. I know it's been a little while, but welcome back. Man, do we have some things to go over. Man, some of you are just upset for what I believe is no reason. I mean, look, you can have whatever opinion you want, okay? Uh, a lot of people apparently are not quite grabbed by professional wrestling like they used to be. And I have my opinions on that, as well as what's currently going on in WWE, AEW. But before we get to that, let's kind of go around the horn for some other things. The NWA, I think, is in a not-so-great spot. The Fight TV deal is decent. Their pay-per-view only got 500 buys. I know I was one of them. I think it's... Studio wrestling works, but I feel like it has nothing to do with studio wrestling. It's it's the modern consequences of being a wrestling promotion in today's world. You know, they had the the, the Dave Lagana problems. They had uh, they they have a, a rather you know regular type roster. It's very tough to make things big and showy and have a big presentation if you're just doing studio wrestling where there's normally no entrance music or anything it's just a ring in a room and everything happens in one place and i think that's why i I think it's a little bit too old school to some deal the thing is it's an old school style with new school talent they wrestle in a new school way they have a lot of uh it's a lot of just guys in tights that's not very gimmicky most of the time and i just don't know if it translates that well they've had the same champion the entire time that they've relaunched they've brought in some other people from other brands to make it a little more interesting here and there but most of the time it's just very good wrestling that i think follows a very good storyline that quite frankly is booked very well i think it's everything that you want in a promotion it's just, it's not good. It's it's kind of like the old concepts of who was the right woman to put on Sports Illustrated. You know, who, who do you put on the swimsuit issue? Do you put on someone who's, who's genuinely beautiful? Do you put on someone who is beautiful for the times? Do you put on someone who happens to be popular at that moment? Because I think that's the deal with a lot of celebrities, whether they're male or female, whatever the heck, heck your preference is. I feel like a lot of celebrities are considered hot by people because they're celebrities. And that's the problem that that NWA has. They're not a celebrity promotion. So people don't think they're attractive. Even if they are. Even if they have everything a wrestling fan could want. They have a strong women's division. I think they have good storylines. I think it's well booked. And most of their matches are very fundamentally sound. And are very exciting They have a lot of matches packed into an hour-long show because most of them aren't that long. They have a lot of unique rules. They have a lot of great promo guys and girls and great talkers with good commentary. And it's everything a wrestling fan could want. But the reason people don't watch it is because it's not that big of a promotion. And that's a very modern thing I've noticed. Is if nobody knows who somebody is, most people don't find a reason to jump on. Even if they're not that good. Or I'm sorry, even if they are that good is what I meant. Even if they are, people don't jump on it. Well, well, nobody's ever heard of them, so why would I watch it? 
Why does that matter? Okay. I, I, I have to use another sports and I have to use a sports analogy here. It's like the New York Jets. The Jets have fans. They're a terribly run franchise that hasn't been good for a long time, but they have fans. People still go watch them, even though it's not that attractive of an option. And there are people who dedicate themselves to them as fans. That doesn't exist in professional wrestling anymore. If you're not a big promotion with a big budget that markets itself everywhere, that's topical and trendy, that has a really good social media platform that everybody can laugh at, posting funny gifts and making jokes at the company's own expense and everything, just so people can retweet it and give some quick, witty little response about how terrible WWE is. If you don't have that going for you, people don't pay attention. And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. That's just how it is. And that's why NWA is where it is. I think New Japan should be doing very well at this moment. The problem is their events go on the air at 5.30 in the morning. And unless you're crazy like me, you're not going to wake up or stay up for them unless it's a big enough event. Now, most of the time, I don't. I watch them at a later point that makes more sense to me when human beings are actually awake and fully functioning. I, I, I will admit that. But at the same time, most of their shows are very similar. The, the booking is very similar, whether it's the matches or how the matches end or whatever. And it's a build-up to the show leading up to it. Now, there are storyline things that happen sometimes, but they're few and far between. But that's the entire concept. There's really no backstage concepts in New Japan. It's very rare if there ever are. Most of it takes place in the ring or the performance area, for lack of a better term. And they're on the Kazuna Road Tour right now. Then they're going to go through the Summer Struggle Tour in uh, in support that starts in Sapporo. And then on July 25th, they're finally going to have their big show that was meant to happen last month, but it got pushed back because Japan had to relock down because of COVID. So they're working their way towards it. Then we have other promotions like MLW. I haven't been that up to date on MLW because quite honestly, I, I, nor, I just really don't have the time. I really don't. There's a lot of things I cover. I do this show. I do a sports show. I have other things going on in life, job type stuff, and I just don't have the time. So I don't keep up with it, and I was never really made that privy to it. So I intend, I normally go for other things that fit. So I, I feel like that's it. Then there's Impact Wrestling. Most of the time I don't watch Impact Wrestling because for some reason I feel like it's a step behind I'm not sure why, but Impact Wrestling gives me the vibe that it's a step behind other wrestling promotions. I don't know why. And I mean physically slower. I, I'm not sure. I know it's not. But just watching it as compared to WWE or AEW, it feels like they're a half a step slower than usual. NWA feels like that too, but that's because it's a much more fundamentally based style. If they have a seven and a half minute match on NWA, four and a half minutes of it are going to be, you know, rest holds, headlocks, good strikes and things like that. They're not going to get, you know, fancy until five and a half minutes in for the big finish. So, so you expect that, but I just impact feels like it's a step slower to me. Sammy Callahan is going to try to go after Omega's title and I hope he beats him for it. I'm tired of belt collector Omega. I don't think he's good enough to be that guy. I really don't. I understand why they're going for it, and they're trying to make it more attractive. And it's their way of trying to get ratings. So, hey, this guy's a champion in Mexico, and he's a champion in another promotion that has a TV deal, and he's a champion in the second biggest promotion in North America. So everybody should come watch. He's the champ everywhere. Well, your average fan or channel-flipping person isn't going to think of it that way. The wrestling audience seems to be shrinking by the month. Now, I will say this, though. Although it's a shrinking audience, 
it seems like it's a more hardcore audience is every month there are fewer people, but, but the ones who stay are even more intense than they ever used to be. And I think that's what a lot of companies are failing to, to take advantage of. Sure. There's less of them. There's less of us as far as big time fans. You know, it's the same thing as the wrestling podcast market. You know, everybody wants to find a good wrestling podcast to listen to. I hope you pick mine, but whoever you pick is whoever you pick. But the thing is, if you can't find one that you like, you start one yourself. I mean, there are times I go to live shows uh, when they were going on and I would talk to people about it and say, hey, who do you listen to? And pretty much everybody would say, oh, I do my own. So there are more podcasters out there than people who listen to podcasts. And everybody wonders why they can't make it happen. And that's, but that's just how the market is. That's okay. The mar- the market of everything in that's in digitized media is naturally going to be oversaturated these days. That's just how it is. How much content there is in WWE. Now, the one thing I will give WWE is they don't cannibalize, and that's smart. Most wrestling doesn't at this point. Now, sometimes you have to make a choice. Now, we don't have to make a choice anymore between AEW and all that. The, the Wednesday Night Wars are over. Neither of the shows are on Wednesday anymore. And AEW now comes on after SmackDown. Now, that's a smart call, in my opinion, because you don't want to compete with SmackDown. Good luck with that one. But it's 10 p.m. on a Friday. I understand it's a Friday. And Friday nights, oh, everyone's off work. Okay, we can watch. I, I understand. I understand. But I'm sorry. My natural instinct is 10 p.m., even on a Friday? Dude, most people are already are already hammered by then. Most people are already mostly burnt out on their night by 10 p.m. And now you're going to put wrestling up? Again, I know it's a Friday, but if you think about it, the average age of a wrestling fan these days has gone up. A lot of us are in our mid to late 20s or our early 30s or older. That's the bulk of wrestling fans these days. So, and most, if not all of us have full-time, part-time jobs. We're self-employed. We got a lot going on. We're married. We have kids. We have full lives. So even though it's a Friday and it's at 10 and you finally have a chance to check it out, a lot of us go, dude, I'd rather go down so I can wake up and have a full Saturday because I actually have the opportunity. I don't want to have to stay up until midnight to watch AEW. Smackdown's from 8 to 10. Cool, it's done. 10 p.m. Great. I'll have a couple more glasses of wine with my wife. Maybe I'll get lucky. I'm done. Wake up and have a full Friday because we got errands to run. I got to mow the lawn and I can finally play with my kids. That seems a lot more appealing than uh, I got to stay up for another two hours to watch the elite inevitably win everything. Now, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about all these storylines going on. I'm going to talk about how it seems like on a monthly basis, the entire wrestling market shifts itself. I'm going to talk about how the thought of WWE selling the company has seemed to completely go out the window. But for the rest of this segment that I got going here, I want to focus on this. And it's something I focus on all the time. Some people say I focus too much time on it, but I can't help but harp on it. Because it's very important, and it's one of the things that's absolutely murdering what it means to be a wrestling fan. You know, somebody put up, uh, I, I think it was Steven from View Raw. If it's not, I I apologize. But somebody put up a tweet once that said, uh, did the competition between AEW and WWE start all of the negativity or this or that or whatever? And I responded and said, no, Twitter did. 
Social media is what started all of this. Giving people basic and giving them the concept of anonymity to say whatever they want. And unfortunately, nothing is ever any good. I don't know if you've noticed, but I don't think there are AEW fans and WWE fans. I think there are people who hate AEW less than they hate WWE. It's really hard to find a legitimate wrestling fan these days. And and after I get through this point, I'm going to go to the point as to what I believe is the main reason why. But I, I just think it's because everybody wants to be an analyst. Everybody wants to take part. Everybody wants to be in the industry without being in the industry. And everybody wants to give their opinion. And it's your right. And you have a public platform to do that. I read a lot of opinions on, on social media, mostly Twitter, that I don't care for. And guess what I do? I scroll past them. I don't, I don't, well, the problem is people who find opinions that they don't like and find ways to try to get them taken down. Why? Because somebody disagreed with you? Okay. Most people disagree with me. I am not an AEW fan. Most weeks I don't watch it. Their last couple pay-per-views, I did not spend money on them because I didn't think it was worth it. And then somebody came back at me once and said, but you spent money on the NWA pay-per-view. You were one of the 500 buys. The NWA, why would you spend your money on that but not AEW? AEW was clearly a better show. I'll tell you why, because AEW was a much more expensive show. And when it comes to NWA, it's a a $5 subscription to watch NWA on Fight TV. I plan to do it in a couple hours today. And then the pay-per-view itself was $20. It's $20 to watch their show. AEW is not $20. It's a lot more than $20. And I just don't think it's worth it. But I I feel like here's the main reason as to why the fan base has changed and why people don't and actually I'm I'm gonna tag the I'm gonna tag somebody in the tweet to promote this show for you for for you guys to listen with the link and everything I'm gonna tag uh, the the heel pops and chair shots boys because one of them I believe it's mischief who agrees with my opinion on this I think it's because characters aren't gimmicky anymore. I think that's the reason why. It is an epidemic of guys and girls in tights. That's what it is. It's an epidemic of guys in tights and girls in tights. That's all it is. Look, NXT is a great product. I love watching it, but really look at it. Who's Johnny Gargano? He's a guy in tights. Who's Bronson Reed? He's a guy in a singlet. Who's, Who's Adam Cole? He's a guy in trunks. Who's Kyle O'Reilly? He's a guy in trunks. But who's the champion? Karrion Cross, who is almost the devil's envoy, who shows up in his Spartan warrior gear and knocks everybody's head off. Who's another popular one? Santos Escobar, the king luchador, who's fully invested in it, who acts like a, 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 the head of a, of, a, of a crime syndicate. With the fancy suits, and then when he comes out to wrestle, he has on the full the the full sombrero and lucha gear to pay homage to where his wrestling roots came from. That's the popular guy, Dexter Loomis, who wrestles in a pair of jeans. Yeah, and that's that's his look. But he's this creepy dude who has stalker vibes, who's even billed from recluse Wyoming. The popular ones are the gimmicky type ones in NXT. You have to admit that. 
Asuka's popular. She's the gimmicky type one. She has the old school Japanese masks with the robe with the samurai type look and the crazy hair and nobody's ready for Asuka. The whole deal. That's why she's popular. Rhea Ripley is the all-black metalhead chick that'll stomp your face in. That's why she's popular. Charlotte Flair has the queen with robes like Pops used to wear and the woo and all this stuff. That's why she's popular. Alexa Bliss was used to just be a chicken tights for a while, and now she's doing the whole Lily creepy fiend type thing, and I think it's some of the best work she's ever done. But then you look at who the champions are on the main roster, and it's interesting, isn't it? Right? Like, look at NXT, right? The champions make sense. MSK are the tag team champions. Cool. They're the new guys. They came in. They're hot. They have a modern style. They kind of look a little AEW-ish. And they're effectively guys in tights, but they have funny attitudes and do interesting antics to take enough to take enough uh, of the guy in tights moniker away so you don't simply think of them as that. And then Bronson Reed happens to be a giant guy who's crazy athletic, who can do a lot of things a guy his size can't do. But at the end of the day, he is a guy in a singlet, but there's enough to take enough of it off of it. But then who's the champion, the gimmicky guy, the, the, the devil's messenger type? And then who's the champion on the women's side, Raquel Gonzalez? This crazy big woman who does things a girl her size shouldn't be able to do. Now, I think her run has actually been a little bit lackluster. I'm glad that she won it, but it's been a little bit lackluster. But that's her. But she's effectively a, a girl in, in tights. I mean, granted, they're, they're nice leather ones, but it's a girl in tights. And then you look at the women's tag team champions in NXT, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. Now, that's a gimmick. The crazed family that always has inner drama but somehow finds its way to be successful. The poison pixie and Indy trying to find her love teenager style with Dexter Loomis and all this. It's gimmicky, and that's why people like it. Then you go to the main roster. Who are the champions? Bobby Lashley. I like Bobby. I think Bobby's a great athlete. I think he's a great wrestler in his own style. And I think he holds down the championship very well. It's been long deserved. He has this type of a title run. But at the end of the day, he's a guy in in tights. Drew McIntyre, yeah, he cuts cuts a good promo. He has a good character. He's a great baby face. I think he would make a good heel too. But at the end of the day, he's a guy in trunks. If you really look at it. Is Kofi Kingston just a guy in trunks? Or in tights? More or less, yeah. He has enough antics to take that away from him, but yeah. Same thing with Xavier Woods. If you really look at it, it's just a bunch of guys and girls in tights. Now, you could make that argument that it's always been that way. I mean, you could look all the way back and say, hey, Hulk Hogan was just a guy in trunks. He just had the right pitch at the right time, and it happened to be with the merging of network television, and and that's why it all clicked. And everybody just went, oh, Hulkamania, that's a little bit different. Let's go with that. You could make that argument to me. And you wouldn't be incorrect. But there was a gimmick to it. He had the boas. He had other things. That's why it was so big. I know it's oh, it blasphemous to talk about Hulk Hogan now, but you can't deny what he did, whether you like him or not. I'm not that big of a fan of him these days. But you can't, but you can't take away from what he did. So to me... I think that's the problem. It's just too many guys in tights. Now, that's why WWE, I think, has more intrigue. <laughs> How did I, why did I say it that way? Intrigue. I think that's why it's more intriguing in WWE than AEW. Because AEW, everyone is a person in tights. Even the gimmicky ones are people in tights. The, the only true gimmicky wrestlers in AEW are Abaddon, Darby Allen, and... 
It used to be the Butcher and Blade, but not anymore. It used to be Private Party, but not anymore. So it used to be pretty much everybody, but then they put them all in factions. Maybe Chris Statlander, maybe, but not really. She's just kind of a chicken wrestling gear who claims to be an alien. It's not. There's there's no gimmick to it anymore. And I think there needs to be enough gimmick. Why do you think the Fiend is so damn popular? Because it's a gimmick. It it's not a name. I know they call him the Fiend Bray Wyatt, but there's two different people. Bray Wyatt is a guy in a sweater who wrestles in jeans. Okay. But the Fiend is a character in and of itself. It doesn't even have a name. It's just an entity. Like the Undertaker. He was just an entity. He wasn't Mar- He wasn't the Undertaker Mark Calloway. No, he was the Undertaker. That was it. He was the Undertaker. Jerry the King Lawler. The guy literally thought he was a freaking king. King Corbin used to be a gimmick. Uh, and, and I think it worked. I just think we need to go back to the gimmick era. Which means I think you guys know what I'm going to talk about next. I think you do. But I got to step away for a second. But when I come back, I'm going to talk about that very gimmicky thing that happened on Raw last night. And a lot of you weren't too thrilled with it. And I am here to stress two key points. Patience and and silence stick around it's gonna be fun welcome back ladies and gentlemen what's happening so here i get to go i i I talked all uh well not all segment but i talked to the majority of the segment about how i don't think that wrestling is gimmicky enough anymore you know who was over as hell in nwa the question mark he didn't have a name he was just an entity with a title and people were curious as to what it was Right. So what happened on Raw? We saw a reintroduction, a reintroduction to the gimmick era, and that is Nikki Cross. She came out in a superhero outfit and said, "I now have something that finally fills that positivity." And it was her idea, and they let her take a shot with it. And before it can go two inches forward, y'all are just saying, "What have they done to Nikki Cross?" And this is where it gets to me. This is where the hypocrisy gets to me. What is it everybody saying on TikTok? It's the hypocrisy for me. This is where it gets to me now. You don't want gimmicky characters. But non-gimmicky characters are boring. Think about that. Oh, well, I would love to like Bobby Lashley, but there's just not that much to him. He's just the guy that's there. Okay, so let's put him in a suit, put him a bunch of put him around a bunch of pretty girls, let him act like kind of a rich asshole. There you go. Now he's got a gimmick. Well, why do they gotta do that? He was fine the way he was. What do you want? And that's the thing. Nobody, no wrestling fan knows what they want or how to express what they want. So they've made the task impossible. None. When wrestling fans get exactly what they want, then they claim it wasn't done the way they wanted to. When Becky Lynch won the one, became a double women's champion at WrestleMania over Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair, y'all bitched because you didn't like the finish of the match. But you got what you wanted. But that's beside the point. Let's go to this with Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross comes out as a superhero, basically. With a butterfly and all this stuff. And she's got her mask on and everything. Even my girlfriend texted me last night. She was like, what is on Nikki's face? I understand it was a weird look. And she proudly showed it off and all this stuff. It was her idea. It's what she wants to do. And that's what I love. All you guys talk about is let them run their own shit. Let them run their own shit. And she finally gets a chance to do her own shit. And the first thing you do is say it's stupid. This is the epitome of millennial Gen Z culture these days. 
Just be yourself. Be whoever you want. No judgment. Person decides to be themselves. What the fuck are you doing? That's terrible. Why would you do that? It's unbelievable. Nothing is ever good. It used to be nothing is ever good enough. Now it's nothing's good. Nothing's good in wrestling, apparently. Apparently everything's trash now. Everything. Why they do a Hell in a Cell with Xavier Woods and Bobby Lashley? It wasn't even that good of a match. No, it actually was a pretty good match. And I loved how they finished it right in Kofi's face. MVP locks himself in the cell so Kofi can't come help Xavier. And they got Xavier right in Kofi's face saying, you're next. I fu- That's classic heel shit. And why, why? I don't understand why people are bitching about this. I don't understand. It's because you want wrestling to have a certain degree of reality, but you also want them to convince you to, to suspend your disbelief. Hey, lie to me and do everything you can to convince me that this is real, but don't insult my intelligence. Okay, that's actually fair, but that's a very fine line to walk nowadays. And now with 18 times replay and 58 million camera angles and millions of Twitter accounts judging everything that happens, that line is impossible to walk on now. Yeah, I saw the the clip of Charlotte Flair at Hell in a Cell versus Rhea Ripley kicking and flailing at 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 the air. Yes, I saw it. What a travesty. The the industry is going to fail. I can't believe it. Ah, uh, this isn't like Charlotte. What's going on? I can't shut up. Ah. Oh, she made a mistake. It happens. At least it was that and nobody got hurt. And then all oh, did you see the hand come out from under the ring? When Drew went through the table? And why did they not show Drew going through the table? Are table spots too sensitive right now? First of all, this wrestling fan base of this generation has no right to say that anything is too sensitive. The shit that y'all have tried to get canceled. You have no right. And do, do you know what the main reason? At least, in my opinion... As to why they did that particular shot. It's for a very simple reason. It's because of the look of it. It's falling off the face of the earth. It's wow. Drew, that first shot, Drew was just gone. He just vanished from humanity. And that's the whole concept of it. And that's why they did it. And I'm happy that that's why they did it. I love that shot. I'm very, I'm, I'm a very, very fond of the falling out of the face of the earth shot. I love that shot and I hope they continue to use it. But I just, I, I all right, let's get back to Nikki Cross here. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I'm curious. I've always been curious. I love it when Raw is random. Piper Niven showed up out of absolutely nowhere. Nikki Cross is a superhero. Alexa Bliss apparently has mind control over people. Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre are finally done, so it looks like it's going to be Bobby versus Kofi Kingston. The the Money in the Bank qualifiers are starting to come good for the pay-per-view at the end of the month. How, how I'm excited about Raw is so full of intrigue and out-of-nowhere shit. RK-Bro is going through internal strife, and we wonder when Randy Orton is finally going to snap how is none of this intriguing to any of you how is it just that your natural thing is this sucks you know why because that's how you walk into it you just walk in well raw is going to be terrible but i'm going to watch it uh now here's the thing you can do that and you can make it work it's the same as a sports analogy i used earlier for the new york jets i'm not just going to say the jets i'm not going to single them out again but let's say you're you're a fan of a bad sports team 
It could be the Jets. It could be the Jaguars. It could be the 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 uh, the Minnesota Twins. It could be the Baltimore Orioles. I'll use myself. I'm an Orioles fan. You could be a fan of a bad sports team, and you could go, yeah, it's probably not going to go well, but I'm going to watch it because it's what I like to watch. Why can't? And here's what's funny. That's what you guys do. I don't know if it's going to be great, but I like to watch it. So why can't you just flip your opinion to if something goes well, be happy that it went well instead of always going back to the same opinion of, ah, well, I thought it was going to suck, so that actually does kind of suck, even if you actually liked it. Now, I'm not saying I liked Nikki Cross's outfit. I'm not saying I liked that they called Piper Niven Dewdrop and have her walking around with Eva Marie. I'm not saying that I like it, but they're getting opportunities. Nikki's getting to run with her own thing. Piper Niven got called up to the main roster with a real shot to do something on the piggyback of a return that not too many people really wanted. This is WWE listening to their fan base trying to make something out of nothing while not pulling back the curtain and telling you the whole script for your pre-approval. That's what this is. And here's what's funny. Most of you know that. That's the thing about my show that infuriates me so much. Most of my show is telling you stuff that you already know. You just won't hope that it goes well. That's all you got to do. Hope that it goes. I thought Hell in a Cell kicked ass on Sunday. I thought it was an awesome show. I think Money in the Bank is going to kick ass. I think SummerSlam is going to be fan-fucking-tastic. I can't wait for it. But I just, it's unbelievable to me. Okay, on July 25th, I think uh I think I think Wrestle Grand Slam in Tokyo is going to be bad ass, man. So I I'm looking forward to a lot of these things, man. I, I really can't wait for it. I can't. All right, TN uh, Impact is going to have one of its bigger shows coming up. Ring of Honor is the next pay-per-view on July 11th. They're going to do uh, I believe it's it, it's it's bound by honor or or no it's best in the world they're gonna do best in the world next month i'm excited for that i enjoy ring of honor i watch it every week it's a it's a good wrestling product they have good shit going on man and now they're gonna attempt to revamp their women's division because maria Kanellis is partially in charge of it while mike bennett is back wrestling with his old buddy matt taven as the ogk got put back together they're doing faction warfare in, in Ring of Honor, but they're actually doing it correctly, unlike AEW. Oh, man. So here's the other thing, right, with what's going on in, in WWE. I, I keep jumping around. Let's go back to WWE. For example, with the Hell in a Cell review. Both Hell in a Cell matches were awesome. The women's Hell in a Cell match was better, I thought. Uh, Bianca and Bailey killed it, especially Bailey. Bianca's been great, but Bailey is, she's on another level right now. Bailey really is one of the best things going in WWE, and she's doing it very subtly. Because she doesn't just feel like a girl in wrestling gear. She feels like she has a whole gimmick. Like you can't really truly figure her out. It's the same thing with Bianca Belair. You can't really truly figure Bianca out. But you know she's really good. And you want to see what she's going to do next. It's like Seth Rollins. You know that, that that's what good talent is. Well, you don't really know what the deal is, but that to me in wrestling, those are the, those are your two types of elite talent. It's either you don't really have a gimmick you can put your finger on, but you're always curious what they're going to do next because of how good they are, or you have a very clearly defined gimmick, and nobody is better at that gimmick than you. That that's that's like the fiend. The fiend has a very clearly defined gimmick, and nobody's better at it than. And nobody's better at it than Wyndham Rotunda. Nobody. Nobody's better at it. It's The Undertaker. Nobody was better at being The Undertaker than Mark Calloway. 
whether it was the American badass or the dead man. Nobody. It's like Sting. Nobody's better at being Sting. Whether it's All-American Sting, uh, Joker Sting, NWO Sting, Rebel Sting, or Icon Sting, or even Impact Sting. Nobody was better at that than Steve Borden. Darby Allen is like that right now. Nobody's better at being Darby Allen than he is. But then you have other guys that are malleable, that are very good, that don't really have a gimmick you can put your, their finger on, but but it's interesting. Like Miro. You can't really put your finger on Miro, but I think he's actually done very well for himself. Lance Archer is the same way. You can't put a finger on what he's doing. I think he's done awesome. You talk about underutilized. Lance fucking Archer, man. But, I mean, in WWE, you got a lot going on, man. You got the RK Bro situation, which I think is great. I think Riddle's handled it well. I think uh, Orton's handled it well. You can tell Orton's having fun with it. You can tell Riddle's having fun with it. I think it's going really well. I also love how it wasn't a tag team thing. It wasn't, oh, they're a tag team, so they're going to go for the tag team titles. Now it's an individual thing as well as them trying to work together. And I think that's a very good way to go about it. I also love how it just flies in the face of logic and reason. It's just, it's just completely destroys the concept of logic and reason. Matt Riddle is teaming with Randy Orton. Everyone who has ever teamed with Randy Orton knows that's a bad idea. Everyone. But he did it anyway. And that's what's great. We naturally suspended our disbelief for that. Yeah, Randy's going to work with Riddle. I hope it works. You know it won't. But eh. So I, I, that's what I love, man. That's why we love this. It's why we, what we want to see. All right? But that's the thing. I mean, WWE's got their own little issues to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Apparently, the USA Network was not happy that Fox got a Hell in a Cell match. And they weren't informed of it. Now, USA got their Hell in a Cell match last night. So maybe that was to make up for it. But it was interesting how that was the case. Then we have our Money in the Bank qualifiers so far. Riddle qualified by getting a very impressive win over Drew McIntyre. Ricochet qualified by getting an upset over AJ Styles thanks to the Viking Raiders. John Morrison got a win over Randy Orton thanks to the Miz. Asuka and Naomi qualified by getting a, a win thanks to some help and uh, some, some, crafty, some crafty work there. And then Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss qualified for the same reason. Because Alexa used mind control and Nikki took advantage. None of it was surprising. Last night on Raw was a very solid show that had a lot of out-of-nowhere things that was hard to predict. And man, was it fun to watch. But what do I see? Why is Nikki a superhero? What are they doing? Why is Raw so bad? Just turn it off. It's terrible. I can't stand it. This has nothing to do with how good or bad the product is. It's just become the culture to say that Raw sucks. And y'all follow along with it. Because God forbid you're a rebel. God forbid you have your own opinion. Because if you do, other people are going to go, what, you actually like Raw? What's the matter with you? You're out of the club. Cool, fuck the club. The club is stupid. I feel like Dean Ambrose with the inner circle. I'm just kidding. It's a stupid club. I, I, I don't understand. It, it's just too much for me to handle, man, with all this. And then you got NXT, which is, uh, it's a very good show. Do I think it's better booked? Yeah. Do I agree with the consensus? Yeah. I'm not saying I don't agree with the consensus. Don't don't get that misconstrued. I'm not saying I don't think Raw needs improvement. I'm just saying I don't think Raw is a dumpster fire. I think Raw is a pretty decently solid product that has a lot of time to fill, and they're finally using it to fulfill some to find some potential. That's what I'm saying. 
NXT is a better show. I'll absolutely agree with that. I think it's a better show. I'm curious what's going to happen tonight. LA Knight is a million dollar champion. He attacked Ted DiBiase. Cameron Grimes didn't seem too thrilled about that. Santos Escobar is trying to chase a North American championship, if not something bigger. Dexter Loomis is still dancing around with Indy Hartwell. We're going to see what happens there. Karrion Cross is fighting the whole roster again. Samoa Joe is the new enforcer for NXT, and I can't wait to see what he does next. There's a lot going on in WWE that's very intriguing. NXT UK as a new women's champion. Mako Satamora beat Kaylee Ray for it last week. I was a little bit upset at that. I understand they had the title change hands because Kaylee was champion forever, but Kaylee Ray was one of the most underrated champions in all of professional wrestling. She is a top-notch, top-quality, 150,000% A-plus talent. She is awesome. So does Mako Satamora. So they changed. They had a change. I like the the Joseph Connors and Ginny combo. I like the subculture faction with Danny Luna, Mark Andrews, and Flash Morgan Webster. I like the new Hunt idea, which is actually called Symbiosis, I believe, where it's Primate, Tyson T-Bone, and Eddie Dennis is the brain of it. I enjoy that. I like Pretty Deadly as the tag team champions in NXT UK. Yes, boy. Gallus is awesome. Joe Coffey is one of my favorite wrestlers on the planet these days. It's a great promotion. It's a, gr- it's a great brand for WWE. I'm excited for it. And now people are throwing around ideas on Twitter. Hey, how about this happens or this happens or we try this or we try that. And I love it. That stopped for a while. People used to stop throwing around ideas. They would just complain and say everything sucked. Now people are throwing around ideas in, in the public space. And I think it's great. It's the first step to recovery for us as wrestling fans. Don't just say, that sucks, do something different. Say what you want done. Say what you want. Okay? Fantasy booking is so much fun, man. I don't know why we don't do it. Let's do it. Fantasy book it. Go ahead. Go for it. I'm excited to see how Kofi and Lashley turns out. Go ahead. Go for it. All right, now let me get to AEW real fast so I can wrap things up. I only got about 40 minutes for you guys this week. But... The MMA fight was a disaster. It's really tough to script that. I'm not saying it was disrespectful to UFC or anything, because I don't really think it was. They did their best to make it happen. I just don't think it was a good idea. Then, uh, you know, the the groups for the sake of TV time aren't working anymore. Hey, let's have Eddie Kingston pair up with a bunch of guys just so we can get everybody on TV and everybody's on TV. I don't care for it. Uh, I don't like how they're going about Cody and Brock Anderson. Uh, I feel like they could have Brock just debut on his own and say he's Arnie Anderson's kid. I don't think they need to group him together or anything. Also, I feel bad for Penelope Ford after last week's show. She got a win over Julia Hart. That was pretty impressive. She looked really good. And then it all got overshadowed. Britt Baker came out. Other people came it, it got overshadowed. It got completely left in the dust because they had to overbear it with other things. And it was terrible. What, what, give Penel- let Penelope ever a moment. I, I couldn't believe that. And then, of course, there's the biggest problem in AEW. No, it's not the fan base. No, the fans can do whatever they want, whether I like it or not. The biggest problem is the elite win everything. Everything. The Good Brothers and Matt Jackson got the win in the main event. They win everything. Cody Rhodes and what? Yeah, I know it's a nightmare family and not the elite, but Cody used to be part of the elite. Everyone who's part of the original elite wins everything. Some of you might come back at me. What are you talking about, Gil? Miro is the TNT champion. Darby Allen was the TNT champion forever. Well, look at it. The AEW world title. Who has that? Kenny Omega. 
The AEW Tag Team Championships. Who has that? The Young Bucks. The AEW Women's Championship. Who has that? Britt Baker. Now, there was never really a woman in the elite, so you can't really make that comparison. And the TNT Championship has the network's name on it, not the brand's name on it. So, the elite don't have that one. That's their way of going to the network and saying, look, we have other guys. But that whole promotion is just the elite winning everything. At a certain point, somebody's got to lose. And here's what's funny. When they start pushing Hangman Page for a potential world title shot, that's just more of the elite winning. But everyone's going to act like it's a fresh perspective when it's really not. It's just the elite winning even more than they used to. I know it's all elite wrestling, so we should have seen this coming. But at the same time, you got to find a way to get some diversity in your W's, man. You really do. It's just the elite, the elite, the elite, the elite. That's all it is. They win everything. And it's really going to start to backfire at a certain point. Oh, man. And when WWE goes back on the road, forget about it. All right. Well, that's all I got for you this week. I hope I did okay. Uh, I hope you guys are listening. If you have any suggestions, please tweet them to me. DM them to me. Be mean. Be aggressive. Whatever. I'm always an open book. I always want to make this show better. I always want to give more of you guys a reason to listen. Please don't feel free to get in touch. My Everything is always open to you guys. Feel free. Go for it. So that's it for me. I'll talk to you guys sometime next week. Hopefully I have something in the plans coming. Keep your eyes open. That's it. I'm out of here.